Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day of your life. I'm your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and also a keynote and TEDx speaker and author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. It's your source of all kinds of information regarding wellness, rejuvenating, positive psychology, my own particular spin on it that I call goal-achieving psychology. And it's also the place where you can come and recommend future guests for, for this podcast. As listeners know, our podcasts really revolve around bringing you some real interesting, informative, thought leader types of guests who lead their own lives enthusiastically and have their own spin on how to help you do the same thing. And in that regard, we're especially fortunate today to have Fernando Flores, who is a certified high performance coach, attorney, author, lecturer, podcaster, and international speaker. I don't know if he does windows uh, or anything like that, but pretty much covers everything it looks like. And so I'm so looking forward to our conversation. Fernando is the founder of Health and Wellness University, and he is an expert in the areas of occupational burnout and emotional intelligence. He has spoken on these topics across the United States, as well as internationally in Mexico and India, and he is passionate about helping others reach optimal levels of health and wellness. I guess you can see uh, why having him on the podcast really appealed to me. When he was 12 years old, however, Fernando was hit by a car and resulted in a fractured femur, and he wound up in the hospital for 29 days, which had to be some experience for a 12-year-old. As a result, however, he learned early on in his life the importance of staying healthy. He kind of, like a lot of us, let go of his health and well-being when he pursued his career as an attorney. After a couple of his family members passed away from heart disease, however, he decided to return to what he always knew was true. Health is truly the most powerful form of wealth. Fernando spent six weeks in India and attended powerful sessions that advanced his training and that focused on the self. Through the Health and Wellness University podcast, live events, and coaching, Fernando helps countless others live happier, healthier lifestyles. Prior to becoming a high-performance coach and international speaker, Fernando spent 11 years as a trial and appellate attorney, and he graduated from the University of California at Berkeley uh, with sociology and rhetoric degrees, and then he got his JD, his law degree from the University of California at Davis Law School. He obtained coaching certification from the Life Coach Institute. Sorry to have used up almost all our time introducing you, Fernando, but you've got such a great resume. Uh, I wanted to share it with our listeners who I'm sure are going to be impressed with what you've got to say. So welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. 
Doctor, it's such a pleasure to be here. And as you were reading that introduction, I was like, who is that? I want to meet that person. <laughs> well, so I'm excited to be here too. Well, it's a well-deserved introduction. But I guess one of the things that uh, I'd kind of like to start with is a lot of us work in the health and wellness space. And for somebody who is really interested in self-improvement, sometimes it's kind of hard to sort out you know, what's unique about what somebody is, is contributing. So if you don't mind, I think I'd just like to throw that hardball question at you at the beginning. What's so unique about you and what makes you different and how can you help us from your own perspective? Definitely, doctor. And I mean, I think, you know, everybody brings their own unique perspective to things, but I think you're right. You know, the authenticity piece, the how genuine someone is, is I think the really important piece. Um, and for me, as you mentioned, you know, I, I had a very difficult and at the time traumatic, just, you know, injury, right. Where, where I got hit by a car, broke my femur in half, you know, in the 29 days in the hospital, that was the beginning, right. Because I had a, a, a screw through my knee. Right. And I know it sounds a little painful and it was right. And at the time it was a, a way of, it, it was through a pulley, right? Because my, when my femur broke, it not only just broke, it then dropped. So they had to pull the femur back up so that it would align. And then they put a cast, which I was on, also laying completely flat. It was, on, it was pretty much from my stomach down to my ankle. And I was, you know, completely flat for another seven weeks, almost another two months. So as a kid, when you're in this just stasis and you're not moving, and all you want to do is move and go out and play and do the things that all your friends are doing, you know, it just kind of put things into perspective at a very early age for me. And I really cherished movement. I really cherished, you know, my ability to go out and go for a walk, go for a run, go for a hike in a very different way. And it was something that I, I just, you know, I made part of my life as I grew older. Right. And when I started getting into my my profession, you know, going to, to law school is incredibly challenging, you know, just, you know, medical school, same. Right. And when you start the profession, what happens is you have this identity of yourself that is very enwrapped in the professional identity. I am an attorney. Right. And that's who I am. And so I have to make sure that everything moves according to that identity. I actually had to learn to detach myself from that identity because what happened was my human, the me, right? My human experience was lagging. It wasn't being nurtured. And I had to learn how to detach myself from that identity so that I can then lead with my health and wellness so that I can lead everything that I did with my health and well-being. And, and when I made that close analysis, when I looked at myself in the mirror, I saw a variety of things. I saw that I was drinking a lot every week. You know, it was a happy hour on Wednesday and Thursday, and then the weekend would come and more time, you know, with other fellow attorneys and you would drink together. I wasn't exercising consistently. I didn't adequately hydrate, right? And just my own mindset in terms of how empowered I was able, you know, just how much of an empowered mindset I was fostering, that was also lacking, right? And, and so what I did, 
I decided to, for the first time, commit myself to myself by making sure that I exercise two times a week, regardless of what trial or appellate case I had or what you know presentation in front of a judge or jury, it didn't matter. I committed myself to myself for the first time. And these two days of exercise then led to, wait a minute, these certain habits that I had before are no longer serving me. I have to switch other things around. I have to eat healthier. I have to make sure that I'm hydrating because exercise became a very important value, right? And so for me, that became a true passion because I was really my own first client, right? I was really relearning this particular way of living that I hadn't really been exposed to before. And the biggest blind spot I'll share with you, doctor, was this fear of emotional well-being. And that's the particular area that I feel, um, you know, I can, I can talk about the, 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 you know, making sure that you keep the basics in mind, hydrating, sleeping, exercising, those things. But the piece that we tend to miss a lot, even as everyone from in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s, it doesn't matter. The piece that we tend to miss a lot is that emotional well-being sphere because we don't get taught it. And I went through 11 years as a professional, three years in law school, never learning, and four years of undergrad, never learning this piece of emotional intelligence, emotional well-being. And I, feel, I think that's, that's the piece that I, that I share with folks. That's really incredible. I, uh, I'm wondering, uh, I mean, there are thousands of attorneys or more out there, uh, including one of my sons. Uh, I never uh, pictured law as kind of being one of those warm and fuzzy professions. So I'm just kind of wondering, you know, I mean, is it just kind of, you know, something occurred to you or what made it so that, and I understand you're not the only one who's been able to incorporate a a more balanced lifestyle with the profession, but what in particular, was it your background? Did you read something? Uh, Did somebody uh, yell at you, uh, doctor, for being overweight or, you know, I I mean, I'm I'm just wondering, you know, you're making it sound like, hey, I just did it. I'm sure there was some struggle in there somehow and and hope you can enlighten us about it. Definitely. Actually, there was a lot of struggle and I I definitely don't want to, you know, come on your podcast and say, oh, it's all perfect and great. Like, no, there's still struggle. Right. But the what I ended up realizing, right, when I was taking a look at like those habits that I was engaging in and trying to make a very intentional decision as to which ones did I want to continue to incorporate in my life and which ones that I want to start shedding. Right. And really doing it from a compassionate place. I, I realized that, you know, growing up, I had a, a very stringent upbringing where I wasn't taught to experience my own emotions. I wasn't taught to work through difficult and challenging emotions. So if I felt anger, I couldn't talk back, right? It was like, hey, be quiet, you know, quote, unquote, be a man, right? And that's what I was told, right? Or if I was about to cry, right, that was an expectation that, I couldn't express those emotions that I feel. So what happened over the years as I grew older, I grew up with a much more limited spectrum and ability to understand, manage, and work through those emotions. Enter the legal profession, 
There's a good amount of attorneys that, and just people in general, that you will will end up uh, getting into very uh, tense situations, right? And one of the things that I, for a very long time, did not realize is just how much of this emotional undercurrent that exists between humans exists in the legal profession as well, right? And I never paid attention to that. Right. When I started paying attention to it, doctor, I mean, then and I I really focused on, wait a minute, the judges, whether they realize it or not, they're experiencing certain emotions right now as I'm making this particular argument. Right. My client, as I'm interviewing them about their legal issue, they're experiencing emotions as they're resharing that very difficult situation. Once you become more attuned to that, right, the fact that other people are 100 percent experiencing emotions in any and every interaction, right, then you are able to much more fully connect with them and also understand what strategy you might need to move on in a particular case. When I started implementing these emotional intelligence principles in work every single day, I I knew the emotional states of my opposing counsel before they even knew what they were experiencing emotionally, right? It was very powerful. And so I really went all in. And the book that led me to this was Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goldman. And he wrote a very powerful book on emotional intelligence that, you know, explains what it is. And at the end of the day, emotional intelligence is our ability to understand and recognize our emotions and also develop the ability to process and manage them in a healthy manner. A lot lot of, you know, surveys and research says, oh, you know, emotional intelligence is an important soft skill. Last year, LinkedIn, it was one of the top five skills, doctor. You know, that's required in the workplace out of a survey of thousands of thousands of thousands. Emotional intelligence is one of the top five skills and and, and they call it soft skills. But I, I really pose to your listeners, you know, this ability to become self-aware of emotions so that you can then process them in a healthy manner. That is by far the hardest skill that you will ever engage in in your lifetime. But it's also one of the most rewarding. So. I'm still going through it, you know, but I really learned over the years to let go of impatience, of uh, resentment, of rudeness, of irritability that is so prevalent in the legal profession that you actually get taught to engage in this way, right? I let that go because it doesn't serve me. It no, it, you know, it no longer serves me. And instead, I really moved to a place of self-acceptance, self-love, and really living from that frequency of love every day. So that's just a little bit more. That's great. I'm really glad that you brought up the the emotional intelligence issue, which is becoming more and more prevalent. I know here in in Philadelphia, it was uh, even used by, the term was used by the owner of the football team as to why he hired a particular coach because of his emotional intelligence. So it's getting out there into the world. But I, I wonder sometimes when I talk with my colleagues, uh, try and speculate on some of this. I wonder if you've got some ideas. Why aren't we just naturally emotionally intelligent? What, In other words, if, if it obviously works, if there are some of the things that you're talking about, self-awareness, uh, things that, that are 
emotionally more healthy for you than others. After all these years, why do so many people struggle with this? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think to answer the first part of your question, I, I feel that when, when we are born and when we are growing up, we are naturally emotionally intelligent. When, uh, uh, you know, when we're little and a friend gets, you know, snatches the toy away from us and we get upset, we'll feel that emotion, we'll cry, we'll let it out, we'll process it, and then we're back to playing together five minutes later. We don't allow any one emotion to pro, you know, exist within us longer than it needs to. What ends up happening, in my view, and just what I've seen, we become socialized in ways that don't allow us to process those emotions. And emotions over time have been perceived as a weakness rather than a strength. And I have definitely seen a lot of professionals, you know, who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and have never really explored their ability to sit with very difficult emotions. And there's a fear of feeling those emotions. You know, I'll, I'll share, I'll share with, um, with your guests, you know, during this pandemic, I've had several family members who passed away from COVID. It was incredibly difficult. The emotions that I felt during that period were incredibly hard. Sadness, just the sense of deep loss, and then the ability to be able to connect with my family members and embrace them during this time of loss. It was just really hard, doctor. But I allowed myself to feel those emotions. I allowed myself to cry, right? There's chemicals in our tears that if they end up, they don't, they don't get released, we end up becoming more irritable. And I grew up thinking crying is not a thing for me, where crying is a thing for all of us. It's okay to cry. And you will never hear an attorney say that. And I have, that's partly what makes me unique too, right? <laughs> and so it's okay to cry. It's okay to release that. And we end up unlearning our ability to process emotions. And as a result, doctor, to put it in a very direct way, we, we become emotionally constipated. We become this person who's unable to work through these emotions. And instead of breathing through them, processing them, thinking what our response is going to be, we instead are constantly reacting, 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 reacting. And emotional intelligence comes in in so many different facets. If I can just take a second to, to just help you think through this, whether it's in our personal relationships and our personal lives or our professional relationships or our professional lives, uh, everything from stress management to accountability to meeting deadlines, teamwork, trust, improved relationship, procrastination, decision-making, all of these require emotions. You know, some people have a very difficult time making decisions, not because it's a hard decision, but because they don't know how to process the underlying emotion of, oh, I'm going to regret you know, this decision over that one. So I'm going to just pause on making that decision or procrastination. A lot of people think procrastination has to do with time management. The reality is it doesn't. A lot of times procrastination is more, I'm frustrated at the particular task that is in front of me, or I feel overwhelmed. It's way too much for me to do at where I am in my current state of, you know, professional skills. And I, you know, I can't believe that I got this task assigned. I'm going to push back from it. And the lack of processing causes us to, to push that task away. Or boredom, you know, at the other spectrum, like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. I, I don't have any motivation to engage in this task. So 
when you start, you know, even right now, doctor, right? Maybe you're experiencing, oh, there's some interest or intrigue or curiosity, or your listeners are experiencing those emotions. It doesn't matter what context it is. We're constantly, whatever thought we are thinking, there's some set of underlying emotions. And this current, this emotional current that I'm talking about is always present, whether you acknowledge it or not, the more you can become aware of it, right? Uh, because we just also, you go up, you, you grow up in, in, in middle school, high school, university, graduate school, professional schools. You talk a lot about a lot of other things, but not this. And so I think it's a combination of the socialization that we get, plus the lack of this information being provided, you know, to us that if you go out there and seek it out, it's there, right? And the information is one thing. The work that comes after that, that's the, the real challenge there. I'm still working through it, right? I, I was talking about, you know, there's a lot of great things that you mentioned in, in the beginning, doctor, about my background. And I'm, I'm proud of those things. But to be honest with you, the thing that I'm most proud is achieving some of the greatest levels of fulfillment in my life, some of the greatest levels of joy by releasing those emotions of irritability, frustration, resentment, impatience, you know, and, and being it was all through being aware, you know, and asking myself every day, why do I feel what I feel when I feel it? You know, if folks want a tool on where to start, that's a, that's a great place to start. Why do I feel what I feel when I feel it? Why do I feel what I feel when I feel it? That's really a brilliant new way of, of looking at things. I've really learned, learned a lot as, as you were speaking. So I assume some of this uh, is part of what goes into the Health and Wellness University. Uh, I was wondering, is that, is that a place you can enroll in? Do you have a football team at the university? <laughs> what, what, uh, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, we kind of skirted the edges, but I, I know that's a major project of yours. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking, Doctor. So, no football team yet. That's a great idea, though, for the future. Uh, <laughs> so, Health and Wellness University really is is uh, where all of the information that I'm talking about is housed. We, as you mentioned, we have live events and all of our speakers, all of their presentations that they presented to in the past years. They're all housed there, and there's a members area that people can purchase and join to be able to watch those. I mean, the, these, the, this information is really timeless in the sense that we, we're, we're, we've all experienced emotions in the past. We're experiencing emotions right now, and we will continue to experience emotions. And so it's information that looks at everything from stress, anxiety, depression, burnout, to other forms of uh, ways that we can nourish ourselves holistically. I mean, we, we get into topics also financial well-being, uh, spiritual well-being, and also how to thrive, not just in life, at work as well. You know, so yeah, Health and Wellness Universities is the culmination of these global health and wellness minds. And that's where you can find the Health and Wellness University podcast and information on the Health and Wellness University semi-annual conference. We have a conference every January and August, January and August. So um, I invite you, know, you and your guests to definitely join us during those because that's where people in a five to six hour time period can really capture life-changing information. Uh, and, and we bring different speakers uh, every time. And you can see the list of all of our past speakers at 
at the, at the website, health, healthandwellness.university. So there's no .com, it's healthandwellness.university. And is that, uh, I mean, the, the semi-annual conference sounds, sounds really exciting. Uh, is that place where you physically go to it or is it online or uh, how, how does one access it? Definitely. So it's an online conference. And uh, because we have a global reach, we we are doing it online so that we can continue to bring, you know, those those awesome, you know, health and well well-being experts from all over the world. And, uh, you know, last this last conference in, in earlier in the year, uh, we had folks from Canada, U.S. and Europe. So we're going to continue to expand uh, our reach with respect to that because we're all in this health and wellness journey together. And the more that we can continue learning from each other, the more that we're going to be able to capture information that will help us take our, our health and well-being to optimal levels, which is, as you mentioned, that's one of my passions, right? And, and I think uh, right now, what I've seen, and even when I started Health and Wellness University, even when I started, you know, in this journey, some of the most difficult emotions for people to experience at the time were joy, excitement, and love. Those were the most difficult emotions for people to experience. And you know what the most difficult emotions are for people to experience right now? Joy, excitement, and love. It continues to be an incredibly important mission, you know, and, and I, I really do appreciate just all the work that you've been doing, doctor, because, you know, we, we need to continue sharing this information and this message that you deserve, you deserve the most fulfilling life and you deserve the greatest levels of health and wellness. And from my particular stance, right, like the speakers talk about a lot of different things, but my particular stance, your emotional well-being, is, it's incredibly important pay attention to it, nurture it. You will be, you will feel much healthier, younger, you know, <laughs> uh, because you'll be able to foster joy and love and excitement in a much better way in your life. Joy, excitement, and love. What, uh, how much better a world we would have if that was something that people really embraced and spread in all their contacts and so on. It's something yeah. the world really needs. As unfortunately the clock keeps running, I want to make sure there, there are always two groups of people that I like to see if our guests have anything unique to, to recommend to them from, from your perspective. One, although we do embrace and have a broad age range of uh, listeners, there is a certain percentage that uh, are in the older age ranges, some of whom have become bit cynical, hopefully not too many, uh, or they wouldn't be listening to this podcast. But, you know, what kinds of things might be able to be particularly relevant to them? And the other is, what about parents who are raising kids who just don't want the course of events to determine what their child will be? And at the same time, they, you know, they don't want to uh, be domineering parents. But how do we introduce some of these concepts that make so much sense? Oh man, those are really powerful questions, and 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 just a, a beautiful group and opportunity to speak. So I, I would say for if you're listening and you're older, you know, older but feeling young, right? You want to continue living with with vitality. If you want to continue living, and or maybe maybe deepen that vigor that you have toward life, I think it's it's really important to 
every single day continue to work toward being that most authentic version of yourself. A lot of times we weren't permitted to be that most authentic version of ourselves for whatever reason. And the more that you can be that authentic version and then also accept yourself and then love yourself, a lot of times we will show ourselves love, but maybe not fully accept every version of ourselves. So it it will just lead to a happier you. Um, Because not only are you recognizing that you are imperfect, that's been my journey, right? I love my imperfect, my, my perfectly imperfect self, right? That's, that's, that's how I put it. I do. I just, you know, I give myself a hug and I embrace myself and I tell myself I'm, I'm great, you know? And, you know, in, in addition to that, I, I think self-reflection without rumination is really important too. We, we don't, we, we can reflect on the past. We don't have to live there. Right. And a lot of times when we get older, we will have regrets about something. Right. And forgiving ourselves is incredibly important as well. Just forgiving ourselves, you know, and just putting that load to the side, (sighs) taking a deep breath and embracing yourself. You know, that's that's what I have to say for that group. For the parents, doctor, I would say who, who are concerned about their children, you know, Social media continues to be something that, you know, is continues to grow. And I think what happens is social media presents a lot of opportunities for for kids to start comparing themselves to one another. And, oh, I am not this because that person, you know, is like that or I'm not like this. And so, well, there's a lot of great ways that social media can be used. A lot of times that constant comparison can lead to to anxiety, it can lead to stress, it can lead to this feeling of not accepting yourself. And I'll be honest with you, if everybody loved themselves, the capitalist system wouldn't work, right? And the thing is, you know, commercials and all of that, it's meant for you to like yourself less. Like, hey, try to achieve this version of beauty, right? It's like, teach your kids to love themselves for who they are. I think that's the best message that I can leave folks with, doctor. That's terrific, terrific advice. Teach your kids to love themselves for who they are. Going to add that to another thing that I marked down earlier. And uh, I hope you haven't trademarked the phrase self-reflection without rumination. I think that's really priceless. Uh, I will use it. I'll try to remember to to, uh, give you credit for it. But, uh, you know, when you get older... uh, can't, can't promise I'll always remember, but it's just a <laughs> terrific phrase and, and really important, really emotionally healthy. I don't know that I've had a guest that's packed in so much material into such a short period of time, much too short, but I can't promise I won't be asking you back uh, because <laughs> I can see you've got so much to share. But speaking of sharing, how, uh, how can people get in touch with you or access some of the various things that you have. We will have it in the show notes. So if you're driving, don't stop and tech, put it into your phone or something like that. It will be in the show notes that you can download at any time. But uh, how, how do people get in touch with you? Definitely. Um, the best way is go to healthandwellness.university. And in that uh, website, you will have access not just to the Health and Wellness University podcast, also uh, you know to my own personal website. If you want to connect, 
Um, a lot, a lot of folks end up bringing me to their their workplaces so that they can learn a little bit more about emotional intelligence in the workplace. That's incredibly important. If that's something that that you may be interested in, I'm happy to to connect with you and Kahoot on that. Uh, and then also you'll find information on on our conferences and also how to access that that members area. Our email is on there: healthandwellnessuniversity at gmail.com. And we are here to serve you. So I, I really, I really look forward to connecting with you. And I really appreciate the opportunity to jump on, Doctor. And I would welcome the opportunity to connect again. And there's so much that we didn't talk about, Doctor. And so yeah. <laughs> tons of questions, but but I really, really appreciate how much you've shared with our audience how much wisdom you've brought for individuals wherever they are in their developmental phase and been a a great role model for people who may have some doubts about whether they can change or things of this nature. It's been real practical advice and very, very informative and wrapped in a non-lawyerese, understandable way of of presenting it. Uh, don't mean to dump on, on the profession, as I said, one of my sons is there. Uh, but I, I do know sometimes it's not always the easiest thing to get through some of, some of the things that may be said or written. And you've done a masterful job of it. You're really in a great position to help lots of people. And I hope that others will join me in pursuing uh, the health and wellness university, uh, even though I guess you don't give any more degrees. So, uh, but there's so much, you know, additional information that can enrich and enhance everybody's life. So Fernando, thanks very, very much. Look forward to working together in the future. So this has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser, a very special podcast with Fernando Flores and his work with the Health and Wellness University. I hope that you will all listen, download, rate and review the podcast and tell your friends about it. Also, please visit the Mental Health Gym website for additional information about positive psychology and wellness. And if you haven't yet picked up your copy of Rejuvenating, the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm uh, in one of its formats, paperback, audiobook, or ebook, visit Amazon and uh, arrange for that. In the meantime, just as you saw, the quality of our guests are, you know, really top-notch. And join us next week when we'll have somebody else to really help you lead your life with enthusiasm and to become the best version of you that you can be. We're still in the pandemic, remember, so stay safe and everybody have a good rest of the day. Take care now.